Hi, I'm Shashank Bhargav and you're listening to Three Things, the Indian Express news show. In this episode, we talk about why importing lithium is important to India and the reason why it is now looking for new countries from where it can import it. We also take a quick look at India returning a Chinese soldier who transgressed across the LAC. But first, we talk about WhatsApp. Recently, the messaging platform WhatsApp, which has over 400 million users in India, updated its privacy policy. The new policy talks about how a user's data will be impacted when there is an interaction with a business account and also provides details on how there is going to be further integration with Facebook, which is WhatsApp's parent company. This has raised concerns among many and has led to WhatsApp facing criticism. In this segment, we talk to Shruti Dhapola, who reports on tech and web culture for the Indian Express, about the reason why this new policy has people concerned. Shruti, there have been a lot of concerns raised about WhatsApp's new privacy policy. It has a lot of people worried that now there will be more sharing of data between WhatsApp and Facebook. So what do we know about the kind of data WhatsApp is planning to share with Facebook? So first, let's keep in mind that WhatsApp has been sharing some data with Facebook for a while now. Facebook actually bought WhatsApp back in 2014. And the first big policy change that actually happened was in 2016, when they said that they would have closer integration with Facebook because, you know, Facebook owns them. So there has been data exchange going on. Initially, people had the option of, you know, opting out of this data sharing, but that option kind of disappeared a while back. If you live in the European Union, WhatsApp is not legally allowed to share data with Facebook. And there's a different privacy policy for those who live there. But the rest of the world doesn't get that option. Now, some of the data that it already shares with Facebook is your account registration number, which is your phone number, your transaction data, because now WhatsApp has payments in India. And the vision that Facebook has is that WhatsApp will have payments in other parts of the world as well. And they have been rolling it out as well. Service-related information, including how you interact with others, which is businesses, mobile device information, IP address, your location data, which is pinning you to a certain country, not necessarily the location data as to where you are at a particular point of time, but say that, you know, I'm Shruti and I'm a user based in India, and that kind of location data might be shared with Facebook because, you know, my IP address is also being collected. And it's also collecting a lot more information at a device hardware level as well. Uh, including, say, what is your battery strength, your signal strength, your ISP. So it was already collecting some of that information. It's expanded a little bit further on the policy, I would say. And what reasons does WhatsApp give about why it is doing that? So as I said, they've already been sharing a lot of data with Facebook and the reasons have now been expanded further and they're a bit clearer, I would say, than what it was in the previous version of the policy. Now, they range from a number of issues, which is A, to ensure better security, to fighting spam, improving user experience. And by the way, all of this is also mentioned in the previous user policy as well. Um, The new user policy needs to be kept in mind because Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg has actually talked about a vision of interoperability, as he's called it, for Facebook Messenger, Instagram, and WhatsApp. And he's done this back in 2019, where he's talked about looking at, you know, cross-platform 
exchange of data. Whereas, you know, you can message someone on Instagram and they would get the messenger on messenger. And the idea is you message someone on messenger and they get it straight to WhatsApp. And that's why it matters a bit more now. And if you noticed, I don't know how many people have actually noticed this, but WhatsApp actually has a feature now called Rooms, which was again rolled out last year. Now Rooms is actually a feature of Facebook and uh, Facebook Messenger. That integration has been taking place for a while. And because WhatsApp has been part of the Facebook group of companies for a while, the data exchange will happen. Does it mean your messages are going to be shared with Facebook? No, that's not happening because it's end-to-end encrypted. And to do that, they would have to completely overhaul WhatsApp as how it exists right now, which they're not doing. And is the data that WhatsApp uses now, will it be used for ads? So... There were reports earlier on that WhatsApp would eventually have ads which would be placed between the status slash the stories feature. But that was, you know, kind of shared. Those ads have not yet made an appearance on WhatsApp. And it doesn't look like ads are coming to WhatsApp anytime soon. Though businesses are a big feature of WhatsApp, you have around 50 million small and big um, and medium enterprises on WhatsApp. I'm sure all of us at some point have interacted with a business on WhatsApp. And they are looking at that as a, you know, monetization model. But ads haven't come, though the privacy policy does mention that if in the future they have ads, the, the policy might get updated. Though I should also point out this was there the earlier policy as well. Okay, so if you choose to not accept this new privacy policy, does that mean you will no longer be able to use WhatsApp? So yeah, with the new terms and conditions, you have to accept them in order to continue using WhatsApp. Uh, This is pretty standard with what happens with most software from companies, be it a software update or any kind of other update. Uh, Companies do update their privacy policies from time to time. So keep that in mind and you will have to accept it or you'll have to delete your WhatsApp account if you don't uh, accept the new terms and conditions. I think users have to February 8th 2021, a lot of people have pointed out that this is unfair, that, you know, Facebook and WhatsApp are basically saying it's our way or the highway. But I would say that this is what typically does happen whenever you're updating any software. And here we are essentially talking about cross-platform sharing of data. Are there any laws in India that limit a company, a platform to do that? There's no law in India at the moment. Uh, We all know that the data... Uh, privacy and protection law is still pending in India. It's not yet become an act. So till that happens, uh, there's nothing really governing or stopping Facebook and WhatsApp from doing data sharing. And is there anything about this new privacy policy that worries you personally? So I would say what personally worries me is that the link that WhatsApp has to Facebook. But that link is not new, right? That link has been there since 2014 when the company bought out the app. And, you know, there are certain bits in the privacy policy which say, like, the information sharing is going to be used for improving offers, ads across Facebook company of products. And I think it's definitely going to make a lot more people suspicious of using WhatsApp. I'm not saying that Facebook is suddenly going to start reading your messages. That's not happening. I really do want to stress that out. But I think that the trust in WhatsApp is definitely going to be shaken for a lot of people, a lot more people than maybe it was previously. Right. And a lot of people are now signing up for Signal, which is uh, another messaging platform and which focuses a lot more on privacy. 
it has been endorsed by many people, including the former WhatsApp co-founder and Tesla CEO, Elon Musk. Is Signal a good alternative to WhatsApp in that sense? Yeah, so I think a lot of people do need to keep in mind that Signal's uh, protocol, which is the end-to-end encryption protocol that Signal uses, is in fact also being used by WhatsApp. Now, a lot of people have switched to Signal because it's run by a nonprofit. It's not owned by any of the big tech companies. And there seems to be a lot more trust around the platform. So yeah, it is a good option. It's the best bet for a lot of people. But remember, it's not as feature-rich as WhatsApp. Uh, also, at least in India, for a lot of people, the entire network will likely be on WhatsApp. Of course, if you want to avoid that entire network of family, then yeah, Signal is a great app to switch to if you want to just talk to select friends and you know keep it for personal conversation. Of course, it's a good app to use. But again, shifting the entire networks to WhatsApp, Let's see how long this actually lasts. The signal is actually topping the charts right now, at least on iOS in India and in some other countries as well, in light of the whole furor over WhatsApp's privacy policy. But we'll have to wait and see if people actually, you know, stick to using signal uh, because eventually history shows that we haven't really given up WhatsApp. We haven't really given up Facebook, right? Like it still has billions of users. So for signal to gain that kind of usage, it will take some time, I think. Dear listeners, sorry for this interruption, but before we move on to the rest of the show, I just wanted your quick attention. One of the big reasons people say they like this show is because it helps them understand the news better. It provides them with the context they need to see the bigger picture. And there is perhaps no other place that does that better than Indian Express's Explained section. We on Three Things refer to the section regularly and it helps us make this show. If you're a regular reader of Indian Express, you know how useful the explained section can be, especially when you're looking for in-depth analysis by the right experts. You can log on to indianexpress.com slash explained and access the coverage 24-7. Explained by Indian Express, where news that matters is explained by experts who know the subject. Now, back to the show. Next, we talk about lithium which is the metal largely used in rechargeable batteries that power electric vehicles, laptops, and mobile phones. For a while now, India has been importing large amounts of lithium from China. But now, it is looking for other countries to source its lithium. This decision and developments regarding it come at a time when India has been in a standoff with China along the LSE for months. In this segment, Anil Sasi, who heads the business bureau for the newspaper, joins us to talk about the extent to which lithium import is important to India and which countries is India now looking to import lithium from. Anil, before we talk about anything else, could you just talk about how important is lithium in our daily lives and what all does India need lithium for? Well, lithium is the most crucial ingredient of the lithium-ion rechargeable batteries that are fairly ubiquitous now. Uh, They power everything from laptops and mobile phones and uh, electric vehicles. They are the ones that are being looked at as possible backup for renewable generation power. The storage option essentially hinges on lithium-ion devices, where lithium, again, is is a key electrode. And there are other metals also that come into the value chain, cobalt, nickel, aluminium. But lithium is really the key. Till the time that a better 
storage option that goes beyond lithium ion batteries is uh, is discovered so lithium that way is extremely crucial in all of the storage options that we can envisage in the foreseeable future now india imports almost all of its lithium and india has been importing large amounts of lithium from china but now we understand that it's planning to change that considering the ongoing standoff between the two countries along the lac in ladakh what do we know about the extent to which india has relied on china for its lithium well the reliance on china is essentially with respect to finished products the batteries that are coming in we are not really big players in the whole lithium battery value chain and that is essentially an option that we've looked at importing from outside and china is obviously the biggest supplier not just to india but all over the world of these products because china one is sitting on a lot of uh, lithium resources but otherwise also they've been importing lithium from south america from australia and they're you know they're big players in the whole assembly chain so our reliance on china is on battery and storage options fully built up that come in for devices that we are manufacturing in india mobile phones for instance you know much of it is coming in from china and we have not really been big importers of the mineral per se because we are not there in the value chain making batteries or cells in india now there is a feeling that this needs to change and the government is approaching it from both uh, directions one to tap into the global with lithium value chain and the other thing is to explore domestic exploration for this uh, alkali metal now these are the two uh, options being looked at both are in extremely preliminary stages this also comes at a time when this standoff with china happened but look uh, to be clear they've been looking at the whole lithium option for a while now the standoff perhaps gives it a fresh impetus so we'll come to the domestic part right after but when we talk about importing lithium what are india's biggest prospects which countries is india looking at look uh, it is essentially south america that india has started looking at as options australia is another option that has sort of come up at mea level talks you know country to country talks because australia is one of the countries with proven big reserves and uh, south america is where an initial beginning has been made and there is this public sector undertaking called khanish pradesh india limited which was uh, set up in august 2019 but these guys through the middle of last year have been fairly proactive in pushing for assets in south america uh, argentina uh, chile bolivia these are the places where they've looked at options and with argentina somewhere in the middle of last year they signed a pact with a private firm in argentina the deal hasn't really made much headway but you know this was one of the first tie-ups that a state owned utility in india has made in a foreign country for for lithium they're also looking at options in chile and bolivia chile and bolivia have among the highest proven lithium uh, deposits so that's where a beginning has been made and what about domestically does india have lithium deposits where it can extract from it's very sketchy uh, we don't have big reserves certainly but there is this uh, psu under the department of atomic energy it's called the amd atomic minerals directorate for exploration research and they've done a survey a very preliminary survey but a survey notwithstanding that shows the presence of some 1500 600 tons of lithium resources in the mandya region of uh, karnataka the find in terms of 
the size is quite low and uh, it is very preliminary in terms of the proven reserves being categorized in this inferred category which essentially means that it is not that promising in terms of geological confidence it requires a lot more studies to prove that the level of reliability or confidence in the deposit that needs to be tested but it is a beginning in terms of a find being made domestically and you've also written that india is seen as coming a bit late in trying to acquire lithium and build a lithium value chain could you talk about why that is well because while lithium ion batteries will continue into the foreseeable future just like the you know the lead alkaline batteries have continued even though lithium ion option has been there for well over 10 years there is a sense that people across the world are researching and moving beyond lithium for storage options and that's because lithium ion batteries the way they currently stack up have some issues both in terms of energy density that is the amount of energy captured in a unit and also the fact that you cannot pack it in too tight because there's a liquid electrolyte which can possibly catch fire which is one of the reasons why we had these occasional scares with mobile phones uh, where batteries have been tightly packed in catching fire due to a circuit issue otherwise so a lot of research is now already underway and in fact well underway to look at options beyond lithium and some of the guys who are working on this include toyota nissan apple had made this announcement in december 2020 that they have this plan for launching a passenger vehicle it seems to be in partnership with hyundai but again they're talking of a breakthrough battery technology and there are indications that this could also probably go beyond lithium ion and then there's this californian company called quantumscape which has partnered with volkswagen this company was founded in stanford university and they are developing solid state lithium metal batteries where the technology involves taking off the uh, way we have the lithium ion batteries in the current state where the liquid electrolyte is being replaced by a solid electrolyte potentially cutting out possibilities of fire and in terms of efficiency also it is much much higher than what the current battery ranges are so clearly technology is building on the lithium ion technology and moving forward and we've sort of come into the value chain a bit late if you look at what's going on abroad but um, as i said lithium ion is here to stay for a long time so clearly it's better late than never and the other thing that people have been talking about is making electric vehicles a good alternative to our current transportation system and right now electric vehicles are largely powered by lithium batteries but is it true that the way they exist right now lithium batteries are not enough to power and charge these vehicles in a way that they can actually be a viable alternative the lithium ion technology is something that is continuously being improved primarily to address the point that you made that the range of electric vehicles is one of the biggest limiting factors in the mass adoption of uh, of the technology now that is not such a big constraint in other areas where lithium ion batteries are used like mobile phones for instance i mean that's it's not seen as as that big a constraint but certainly in case of electric cars there is a feeling that lithium ion batteries need to have more juice the range has to improve the efficiency and the energy density is low 
comparatively and uh, that's the best that we have at this point in time but if it can be increased and the solid state batteries are a move in that direction both in terms of uh, making lithium ion batteries uh, safer and in extracting more energy out of a single unit then there are other innovations that companies have done tesla for instance in uh, september 2020 when they had this battery day event they unveiled plans to develop a new tabless battery that can improve electric cars uh, both its range and and the power delivered the tab is a part of the battery that forms a connection between the cell and what it is powering so by removing the tab tesla says that it will dramatically reduce costs and enable power delivery to be more linear and efficient so this thing is is work in progress and the solid state batteries are seen as the best bet moving ahead uh, and improving the efficiency of the lithium ion battery as we see it now and in the end we take a quick look at the new development along the line of actual control in ladakh On Friday, a Chinese soldier was apprehended by the Indian Army at the southern bank of Pangongso in eastern Ladakh, which is one of the areas where only a few hundred meters separate troops of the two countries. The soldier in question had transgressed along the Indian side of the LAC and was taken into custody by Indian troops. The capture of the soldier came when there has been a massive deployment of troops by the Indian Army. and the chinese troops in eastern ladakh the soldier however has now been handed back to china on saturday china had called for an immediate return of one of its soldiers who it claimed went astray in the china india border areas an official website of the people's liberation army said that this happened due to darkness and complicated geography a similar incident had also taken place last year in october when indian troops had captured a chinese soldier after he strayed across the lac in the demchok sector of ladakh back then as well the soldier was handed back to china at the chushul moldo border point in eastern ladakh following laid down protocols you are listening to three things by the indian express today's show was written and produced by me shashank bhargav with help from archita raghu and as always was edited and mixed by our producer joshua thomas if you like the show you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast you can also recommend the show to someone you think will like it share it with a friend or someone in your family it's the best way for people to get to know about us you can also tweet us at express audio and write to us at podcast@indianexpress.com at 